Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hi, Jenna. How are you? Couldn't be better. Well, you could be, because you could have had a whole hour of prayer this morning. What happened? You know what? That wasn't honest of me, and I apologize. I could definitely (laughs) be better today. Could you please start the day off being honest with me, Beth, and not lying? (laughs) The thing is, I'm so happy to be doing this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is a bright spot. Especially because today it's it's not just you and me hanging Praise out. Praise the Lord. We're hanging out with our dear friend, Sister Maria Kim. Hi, it's a delight to be with you all. Sister, would you mind introducing yourself? Okay, so my name is Sister Maria Kim, and I'm a daughter of St. Paul. I live in Boston, and I'm from Tempe, Arizona. Woo woo. Tempe is the best. Sister, would you mind sharing a little bit of your conversion and, and maybe your vocation story? Oh, sure. I was raised in a Vietnamese Catholic family, and um, my parents were pretty strict about a lot of things, not just the faith. (laughs) And um, when I was in junior high, I fell away from the faith. I was going to public school all my life uh, until I got into the convent. So it was more intellectually like cool to be agnostic or atheist. I just started to hang out with a crowd that, you know, did things that were damaging to brain cells and such things. And the Lord intervened and I was invited to a life teen mass. I consider that my conversion began when I went to the teen mass and I just felt the community there was like so genuine. I was in eighth grade, but the high school kids and the core members, the youth minister, everybody was just like so genuinely warm. And I was like, this is really different. I just kind of gradually started to go to youth group events. It was something that my parents really encouraged and allowed us to do. I eventually went on a retreat, and I had a conversion before Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. The youth minister is there Saturday night, kneeling in front of Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament in this monstrance. And he said, this is really Jesus. And for those of you who don't have a personal relationship with him, have never met him, ask him now. I was like really in a dark time, you know, just kind of like rebelling against my parents, really confused, not knowing whether or not even God existed. And then, you know, teenage angst, you feel unloved. Almost immediately after I kind of said that in my heart, I felt the Lord speak to me. And he said, in a short instance, all these things. He said, I love you more than anybody. Your parents love you more than anybody this side of heaven, and their authority comes from me. And it changed my life. I went back to school. I changed my group of friends, which was really hard. I started to go to daily mass, and I realized that some of the youth group kids actually went to daily mass and the youth minister would be there once in a while. So it was kind of cool to like see them. I would sit not with them. My parents also went to daily mass. I would sit with my parents, but it was just like such a testimony to me to see like these kids that I really thought were cool and that I really looked up to and my youth minister there at daily mass. And so I just like was learning about the faith and I fell in love with the truth of God. I felt like this same Jesus that exists 
truly in the Blessed Sacrament is the same one that ordered the cosmos. And that's why the church has all of these seemingly strict teachings. It all kind of just fell together for me. So that was my conversion story. My vocation happened kind of gradually, but there was this decisive moment where I was praying the rosary. And I had to teach myself how to pray the rosary because my family prayed the rosary in Vietnamese, but I needed to learn it in English. So it was like learning the faith again. So I got to the part in the Hail Mary where we say to the Blessed Mother, Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. And I felt the Blessed Mother draw my eyes to the statue of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And I felt like this same love that I had felt during Eucharistic Adoration. And and I started to cry. And then I felt Jesus say to me, will you give your life to me so that other people will know the same joy that you're feeling in this moment. And I thought immediately to my friends who were like, you know, some of them were in juvie. And so I said, yes, but I immediately realized I don't even know what I said yes to. (laughs) I mean, I knew that it was religious life. I connected it to the sound of music, you know, because those were the nuns that I knew. And then God provided, you know, little by little. And I would say that like my vocation story didn't end when I entered the convent. You all know we continue discerning all our life. And no matter what what vocation you have that God's calling you to, it's always a deeper call. Like, Jenna, you're called to love Mike deeper and deeper every day, to become more and more generous with your yes to God in your vocation as mother and as wife. And all of us experience that, to become more and more authentically who we are. And I think that religious life and marriage and you know single life it's all very mysterious. It's like a day by day saying yes and being like, oh, is that what it's supposed to be like? (laughs) You know, I had a similar experience of growing up in a Catholic home. My mom is Catholic. We always went to mass. I was an altar server. But it's funny that you mentioned the rosary because I also didn't know how to pray it. And I remember being in my 20s. I had even done like life teen missions. I was at summer camp. I'm like hanging with these really holy young adults who are like in it. And I really felt like such a fraud that I didn't know how to pray the rosary. How did you learn? I don't think I ever like set out to do it. I just like secretly kind of listened and watched. And I remember actually very vividly being at lunch with some other missionaries and some, you know, older mentors. And they were talking about Mary's intercession and how powerful the Blessed Mother is and how important she is. Wow! And I was so turned off because I was so in love with Jesus. I was like, why are we talking about Mary? Just ask Jesus. Yeah. With all the self-righteousness of a (laughs) 20-something-year-old who's like freshly had this conversion of heart, you know? Yeah. What do you say to them, sister? Well, I tell them it's hard to pray the rosary. It's not an easy prayer to learn. And I always encourage them to ask the Blessed Mother to teach them and start little, like start by just praying a decade. And if their heart is on fire for Jesus, I tell them how Christocentric the rosary is. Like really the rosary is meditating on the life of the Savior. Praying the Hail Marys, it can be thought of as a way of like slowing ourselves down and really taking time to think about Jesus. So I tell them like, it's okay. Like if you're super in love with Jesus, like that's the right thing to me, you know? Maybe the Blessed Mother won't play so much of a role in your life, and that's okay. But if you feel like you're being drawn to pray the rosary, 
ask for the grace to pray the rosary and the Blessed Mother will gently teach you how to pray the rosary and it'll come in time. It takes time to learn these things, you know. That's beautiful. I think we forget that very often. We think we have to already be at level 25 when we're just little babies. (laughs) I'm like, I need to already know all the answers to all the things. And we don't. The Lord is so patient and he's so good and faithful. He's just happy when we look at him. Even if just starting that one moment a day of turning our gaze to the Lord, turning our hearts to the Lord. And every step, he'll be with us. You don't have to have all the answers right now, but Mary will walk with you. I always try to remember that phrase, like the last will be first, the first will be last. So as to remind myself that like, when we're little, when we know that we're little, when we don't assume that we know everything, God smiles on that. He's happy. He's pleased with that. Because even if I was like some big brainiac genius theologian lady, I still wouldn't be as smart as God. So true. (laughs) (laughs) Sister, one of the things I love about being your friend is the way you pray and how you have taught me how to pray. And I remember we did a retreat together in Maryland just this past fall, and we had been having conversations about spiritual warfare and reading the same book at your recommendation. (laughs) And something had come up in prayer. The Lord had revealed something very surprising, a new way to pray about something I saw as like a character flaw. And Mm. I had been going after it, but I wasn't getting to the root And I remember in this book and in our conversations, you would encourage me to pray and ask Our Lady of Sorrows to reveal the spirit that was sort of behind that. And I was shocked that it was just something I never, ever would have thought to pray about, but it made perfect sense when Our Lady revealed that, you know, when the Lord spoke to me in that way. And I remember we prayed together in the hallway I was so grateful just for your courage. We were literally getting ready to start the retreat on a Friday night. And I said, sister, I'm dying to tell you this thing that, you know, I I asked our lady and this answer came to my heart and it makes all this sense, but I don't know how to pray into this. And you were like, oh, great. Let's pray right now. (laughs) Standing in the hallway, participants like walking up and down, registration happening. But I experienced a deep freedom and healing in that time of prayer. So thanks. (laughs) Praise God. Jesus and the Blessed Mother are closer to us than our own breath. You know, like they're providing for us and holding us and bringing us into God's nurturance, like God's healing love at every moment of every day. And it's like, we just need to notice it. That's all. Thanks for sharing that. Back to Beth at 22. And, you know, having hangups about Mary or the rosary. I was similar to you, Beth and probably still am in some ways, about just wanting to turn to Jesus. And sister, I love that you said, if you feel drawn to Mary, then go after it. And I think eventually all of us will in in the Lord's timing, and we don't have to feel guilty for not being there yet. But I think what's come around for me to really love and to ask for Mary's intercession, ask her to be with me, is to realize who she is to me personally. So for example, a lot of people talk about Mary as a mother and being very nurturing. And I've gotten there, but through the gateway of realizing that she is a woman who was a sister in Christ. 
She was so generous to Elizabeth. She's a woman who exemplifies great obedience and grace. And in that obedience and grace goes and serves another and really is just like a beautiful image of a missionary for me, which is something I really love. Like in her ordinary life, she just lived this mission that God called her to. I've come to really love that about Marion and ask her to help me see those ways that I can be obedient to the Lord and surrender to Him and live my own personal mission in life. So eventually getting to, and you care for me and you're my mother and you nurture me, but Mm -hmm. that wasn't my gateway. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm curious if you both would share, like what was kind of your gateway to Mary? Even as you were explaining that, I was sort of thinking, Mary has sort of been there all along, Mm -hmm. even if I haven't given her the credit, you know, or the attention. Um, You know, I started praying a daily rosary maybe five years ago, but it started before that. I just had little encounters with her in prayer, thank you, Holy Spirit, that were really formative and deeply consoling. In particular, I was on uh, my very first five-day And I remember that I didn't really know what to do in like the in-between times of my like four prayer periods a day. So I was just kind of walking the grounds at the retreat center and I was praying a rosary just like to pass the time, you know? Yeah. And I had this very sweet, very quick, but very vivid image of seeing the newborn Jesus when I was praying the nativity, that mystery. And I just shared that. It wasn't deep. It wasn't anything. It was just like a sweet moment. But I shared it with my spiritual director. And so then he had me pray a holy hour with the nativity. And in that hour, in that gospel, to this day is probably the most vivid experience in my life. Mary spoke to me in such a clear, gentle way about my vocation. It just cut straight to my heart. It was so real. I was trying to explain to him, like, it's different than any prayer I've ever had. Like, she's a real person. He's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, that was a huge grace for me because I think, you know, in that time of like really wondering, what is my vocation? Is my prayer right? Am I just talking to myself? Do I just think I'm called to what I want? If I had heard it confirmed from the Lord, which I had many times, there was always that doubt, but because it came from Our Lady, I like know beyond a shadow of a doubt what I'm called to. It reminds me of is like the Blessed Mother is very modest. She's very humble. And so even though she's like queen of heaven and earth, <laughs> she doesn't romp around. Just because we don't understand her or we don't pray the rosary as well as we think we should. We think that maybe she's like us, like she'll get frustrated with us or she won't have patience with us, but actually she does what you just described. She kind of introduces herself little by little. And when you like open the door, she'll say something and you'll know that it's from heaven because it's so sweet and it's so true. It's pure. It's pure truth. And it leads you right to the heart of Christ. That's how you know it's a blessed mother. Real truth belongs to the Lord who is eternal. He's eternal truth and eternal love. Like we're going to carry these little treasures all the way up into heaven and they're going to still be true and they're going to still be beautiful in heaven, perhaps even more beautiful. 
My encounters with the Blessed Mother have been like what you all have described in the sense of like, it's just been like little moments here and there. And they kind of build on each other. Like you're going around, you're collecting little flowers for a little bouquet or something, and you have to do it one by one. But if you do it for long enough, you actually have a bouquet of flowers. That's beautiful. I love that. Sister, would you share how Mary's intercession has been important to you? So as I was praying and discerning like whether or not to say yes to this invitation to hang out with you all on a podcast, first I felt like the Lord asked me to share about the Blessed Mother. And then as I was praying about what to share about the Blessed Mother, she told me, I'm going to keep you safe, but I want you to share about my recent role in your life. Some years ago, rather recently, I suffered from a traumatic betrayal by somebody in leadership in a position of authority. As a result, I started to have really severe like PTSD symptoms, and I was super depressed. I spent most of my time sleeping. I had never experienced PTSD before, but I had noise sensitivity. I was hypersensitive to like lights and noise and was afraid of being around men. And looking back, I realized that when the incident was happening, it was the Blessed Mother that saved me. I was like, Jesus, please help me. Mary, please help me. And then when I zeroed in on saying, Mary, please help me, I felt like I could hold on to her. So I was like praying to her. I was naming all the saints I could possibly think of. I received the grace to say something to somebody. It was the feast of a Marian saint. And then I received the grace to ask for help to go to therapy on another feast of the Blessed Mother shortly right after that. And then I started therapy on the next feast of the Blessed Mother. So it was like within the span of about 10 days or so, that was part of my healing and my formation and understanding how the feminine heart works. My provincial superior went to mass at a shrine. And after mass, she was making her act of thanksgiving and a woman in the parish comes over to her and hands her a rosary. It's this crystal rosary. It's beautiful, very ornate. And she said, I've had this rosary for, I don't know, however many years, decades. It's an old rosary. It's gorgeous. And she said, the Holy Spirit told me to give this to you and that you would know who to give it to. And when I saw the rosary, because it like sparkled, it reminded me that when I was a little girl, I was obsessed with the fact that the Blessed Mother had stars around her head. I just thought it was super cool. Like, you know, girls like glitter and sparkly things. (laughs) So receiving that rosary, it was like the Blessed Mother was like, here's my hand, hold it. And then the last thing I wanted to share was that I had a lot of trouble praying because when you're depressed, it's hard to believe in God. It's hard to breathe. It's hard to take a shower. And so I was like, how could somebody feel so terrible and like God still exists? Like this is totally not of God. And I couldn't do any spiritual reading. So when I went to my hour of adoration, I couldn't say anything in prayer. I just, I held my rosary beads and I was like, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary. And I couldn't do spiritual reading, but I went into one of our libraries. We have four libraries in our mother house here. And I said to 
the Blessed Mother, I was like, I think I need something to read, like something to help me to get my mind off of this stuff. And uh, my eyes fell on a little book called The Flame of Love. It's a really amazing devotion. I opened it and it was like really just little thoughts, you know, and it's a revelation of God's mercy given to our modern day through the Blessed Mother. But I knew that I was supposed to be reading that book because it fell on a page that said the Blessed Mother is asking us to pray for a particular evil. And I was like, that is exactly what I had just experienced. So the Blessed Mother has been my lifeline little by little. She saved my life. So it changed the way I pray the rosary. I would pray the rosary and really think about like, what would it be like to be like fully pregnant, full-term pregnancy riding on a donkey? That would be terrible. <laughs> or what would it be like to have a newborn baby and like to have some like crazy king man try to like kill your baby so you have to flee to a foreign land? Like how fun would that be? So it totally changed the way that I pray to the Blessed Mother and think about her life. How dark was her darkness? She who had a pure heart, who could see how evil evil was because she had a pure heart. And so maybe the Blessed Mother didn't suffer PTSD or major depression or anxiety, but I believe that she knows darkness better than most of us. Thank you for sharing that, Sister, all of that. Thank you for just being so generous with your story and your struggles, I think, particularly with like depression or anxiety or trauma, you believe you're the only one, that no one else could understand this. And I think the way that Mary has accompanied you, you sharing that accompaniment is like Mary extending her hand to someone who's listening right now. She'll enter into their heartache, you know, their depression, and to accompany them too. So thank you. I love everything about the way you just talked about reflecting on her life and entering into it, because I think that's what it takes. She has to become real. Otherwise, she's this, you know, cold, frozen statue looking down on you disappointingly because you're not as pure as she is. Mm -hmm. You'll never measure up to her example as a mother or as a disciple of Jesus or in purity. There's something that has to happen in our relationship with her in order for her to become real. But I think the good news is she does that. <laughs> That's not yeah. something that we have to aspire to or figure out. She does it. Yeah. Thank you so much, sister, for sharing your heart with us and for being here and for doing this ministry with us. Mm. And all, everything you do, sister, is yeah. just such a consolation to me. So I just want to thank you so much for who you are. I feel the same way. I don't even know how to articulate how much I just love the ministry of Blessed Is She and how much I can tell that the Lord is becoming present to women and women are coming to know him heart to heart and like the two of you are such bright lights in the church. I just love it. Just the way that you interact and your smile and your authenticity is just fantastic. That's my long way of saying it's an honor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you. Sister, could we ask you to close us in a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we thank you so much for your generosity to us. You sent your Son. You sent the Holy Spirit. You give us a Blessed Mother. You give us all the angels and saints. We ask you for their intercession now, through their intercession now, to bless this podcast, 
to anoint the Blessed Is She ministry, guard it, guide it, direct it. Lord, we ask in a special way for the intercession of the Blessed Mother that we might, through her, come to love Jesus with all of our hearts more and more every day. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sister. Thanks, sister. We love you. Love you, too. (laughs) See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedisshe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.